Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we are discussing finally Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. Right after this. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name's Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. Jeff, how's it going, buddy? Oh, man. It's it's great. You know, we're nine months behind on these uh, these great movies, talking about them. Yeah, um, and, but you know, it's not technically Marvel Cinematic Universe, so this is kind of our fill-in-our-gap time, so I think we're, we're doing fine. I think it's fun. It's exciting to finally get to talk about it. That's fair. That's fair. And it was, um, you know, it was a lot of fun. So, yeah, you know, and, and a lot of people have been asking us to talk about it or asking when we're going to talk about it. And we're like, eh, I don't know, you know, it's a lot of content right now. But uh, right now, there's not. Yeah, man. So let's do it. Let's talk about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. So it was a great movie. Great All movie. right, that was that was fun. That was fun. We're done. Yeah, We're done. honestly, like I know we'll di- dive in and we'll talk about a lot of things here, but like I don't know what there is to say that hasn't already been said on a thousand other podcasts. Uh, I just loved it. I just freaking loved it. I I'm not a big animation guy. I, I have a hard time connecting with it. Oftentimes, it's not very well done. Is the truth of it? Oftentimes, it it fe- it doesn't cross. It doesn't cross the empathy barrier for me, so like I can't get into it because a lot of a lot of animation is feels too cartoony or something. And yeah. there's something about the way it was a combination of a lot of things, but the characters in this movie just felt real. Even the sillier characters had like heartfelt moments. Um, mm. Uh, it's full spoiler alert, I guess. Um, it's been out plenty of time. Uh, like, even characters like Noir, a Spider-Man, who is silly as hell, like, he's in the movie as a joke. At the end of the movie, when he's leaving, he looks around and he says, I, uh, love you all. And he says it so earnestly, I, like, teared up at Noir (laughs) Spider-Man saying how much he loved everybody. And it's just something, the voice acting, like from the very beginning, the father and son storyline is what, like, I think sets this movie apart in a way. Um, He's For one, he's part of a family. Uh, So often the the characters uh, uh, in these superhero movies feel just kind of like floating human beings without mother or father or children. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they have, to, it's they have to lose one of those to, they have to lose one or more of those to like really yes. become the person that they are. Yes. And, and, and he still has loss in this movie, but it, it, somehow being grounded to his father and his mother really just made me care about him and made me worry for him more. Well, yeah, yeah. When he when he's having a uh, a rough time and goes running back home, and you know, like right after right after he watches Peter die, um, and he goes running back home and runs to his family's arms, like that. That's exactly what we would have done at that age, you know. If, considering if we had his power or whatever, like that type of situation happens where your hero just dies in front of you you're going to want to run away from it especially at that age instead of doing the the normal comic booky thing or the new the normal like you know kids movie because the kid is the the hero sort of thing they they went with 
what real kids do is when something terrifying and terrible and awful confronts them, they run to the comfort uh, or to a comfortable place or somewhere that they can, you know, they can find that kind of consoling consolation. That's, I don't know. That's not, that doesn't feel like the right word, even though it is the right word. Yeah. We, we talk a lot about how, uh, one of the reasons the new Spider-Man in the MCU works so well is that, um, he feels like a kid and that's part of yeah. the Spider-Man story. Uh, in this, he feels even more like a kid. I, I feel like the, the, the P well, for one thing, the Spider-Man we meet in civil war feels like he already knows how to be Spider-Man. Um, you know, he, sure. He still has to learn to swing, but he like has been fighting crime a little while. Yeah. For six months. Right. Miles Morales in the movie, we get to see him get his powers. And unlike, I feel like any other, um, Spider-Man version I've seen, or maybe even superhero version I've seen, he is scared of what's going on, like really scared. And it feels viscerally frightening when the prowler is chasing him or when Kingpin is after him or when Doc Ock is after him. Like all of that stuff feels like until we're introduced to the second Spider-Man basically, um, which was just amazing. Uh, I, I cannot say enough about how amazing, um, First of all, Chris Pine, Spider-Man, who is the... Do you know all the, the, the actors playing them or whatever? I, I do, I do. Yeah, Chris Pine, Spider-Man, uh, w- was was awesome. Just like as a foil for all the other Spider-Mans to sort of like... Uh, like, judge themselves against, particularly... Yep. Uh, particularly our other Spider-Man... Um, who, oh gosh, what's that guy? Jake? Jake Johnson. Jake Johnson. Yeah, Jake Johnson. I yep. love Jake Johnson. And I didn't even know he was in this movie. And I love him from New Girl so much uh, that when I when I sat down to watch the movie, I heard his voice. I was like, oh, I know that voice. Who is that? And like <laughs> realizing it was Nick from New Girl made me like immediately get the character they were going for. <laughs> like that sort of schlubby guy. It just so, it was so perfect, such perfect casting. Um, and man, uh, like the, the arc of the, there's obviously the miles arc, which is great and wonderful, but like there's really good arcs for other characters in this movie, including the Jake Johnson, Spider-Man and Gwen Stacy, uh, G- spider Gwen is really cool. And her like learning to have friends again, like, I don't know. It just all meant so much to me like this, this, like there's so many characters having good things happen and like representation is obviously like a big important thing about this movie uh the very the very last line of the movie is you can wear the suit if you didn't know that i hope you do now yeah and like (laughs) that like i i'm feeling emotional thinking about that because it's really it's meaningful because jake johnson's spider-man the older spider-man i connect more with him just because he's more like me. Um, he's older. He's a little past his prime. Like, whatever. You know, like, there's this older, schlubby Spider-Man. Like, it was nice to see. I, everyone talks about the representation of Miles being a, you know, uh, a black and Latino um, Spider-Man, which is very, very, very important. Um, but for me, an older, schlubby Spider-Man, 
Like I kind of get that, you know, an older, schlubby, <laughs> depressed, like going through a hard yeah. time, having existential crisis. Like he he's kind of suicidal in the movie. They obviously don't couch it that way because it's a kid's movie. But like he's just re- always offering himself. He like he, he he he's been at the hero game so long. That's just what he does now is he's just done. Yeah, that's he's, his default. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't have to think about whether he's going to sacrifice himself. He's just the guy who sacrifices himself. He he yep. he is he is he is Peter Parker. He's awesome, but he's been through a lot. He's like the old beaten down Peter Parker, and it really that that character meant a lot to me. I freaking loved it. I really really Man, loved it. Do you know how bad I got all of the chills ever when Aunt May looks at him and says, "Peter, you look tired." Yeah. I was like, oh my god, she's so right. He's been doing this so long. He just needs May again. Please just let them hug. Yeah. It, he needed that. He really did need, uh, the love of his aunt, um, and, and the love of MJ. Like, he just doesn't have love in his life anymore. I don't know. Is, is May dead in his universe? I guess they never touched on it. No, they did. Um, oh, did they? May, yeah, May did die in his universe. Oh, I did. I missed that I, on this rewatch. Anyway, I, I probably saw it nine months ago. When I, uh, when did they mention that? Uh, I'm sorry. Do you remember? Uh, it was just when he was going through his uh, his whole story. Oh, oh yeah. By the way, best opening line, like the most, the best opening, the best opening and closing line of any superhero movie, probably. Uh, the closing line I already mentioned. The best opening line is. Is uh, <laughs> all right. Let's do this one last time. Yep, because it's so perfect. It sets up the running g- gag. They're going to do that over and over. But it also, it's like we we've been having this argument for the last fifteen years uh, of Spider-Man movies. Of like, do we really need the origin story again? Yeah, <laughs> and. Yeah. And it's like, that's been, that's been like a ongoing thing. Like when Andrew Garfield's movies were made, they were like, oh, they're doing the origin again. And, and you know, when Marvel made it, they decided not to do the origin again, which was a great decision. In this movie, they turned hard in the other direction and told the origin story six times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's a, it's a different spider person every time agreed it's not it's, it's not boring it's like, refreshing it's, it's refreshing every time it's awesome and the rhythm the rhythm of the editing of this movie is beautiful um yep. it's so musical and exciting and it, 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 com- it combines so many genres of music to like the 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 hip-hop and the sort of modern pop that he sings throughout the movie and like that, that miles listens to but also yes. like the the the, 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 the I mean, obviously, it's genre bending and genre combining when you've got this anime character, then you've got a Disney cartoon, and then you've got... Oh, yeah, with un- Peter Porker. Yeah, Peter Porker. Then you've got a yeah, Gwen, Gwen Stacy, uh, which is more, more the same sort of art style, at least. Um, and then you've got, um, uh, you know, uh, the noir Spider-Man, which is just completely out of left field. Uh <laughs> Just so good, man. I, I, I'm talking a lot. I'm I'm like looking at our recording thing, and I was like, I don't really have a lot to say about this movie, except it's amazing. And now I've talked for 15 minutes. So, uh, any any <laughs> thoughts you want to throw out? Because I will keep talking. Uh, apparently, it's apparently what I, I do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of what we're what we're here for. Um, <laughs> one of the 
one of the really cool things about this movie, just on, from like a technical perspective, something that uh, that I have seen uh, visual effects artists talking about with this movie is that Miles, uh, like you know, normally when a movie is animated, they animate at twenty four frames per second. But Miles, specifically, was animated at 12 frames per second. So every other frame, he's a frozen character. But that was at the beginning of the movie. And the older Peter B. Parker and the the Chris Pine Peter Parker, like, those Spider-Men were animated at 24 frames a second. So when Miles is is first in the in the role of being a spider person, he's he's learning how to do it and he feels jerky and and you know kind of wonky and and off kilter a little bit because he's not used to it, he's not fluid. That's amazing. I had did not know that. Yeah, as the movie progresses and as he gets better at it and eventually just becomes, you know, he takes that leap of faith, as he said, uh, he eventually gets to the point of being animated at 24 frames a second. Oh, that is so meta and fun. Yeah, and he's, right? It's using the, like, the, the medium of animation in a just completely interesting way. That's awesome. Right. Speaking of the graphics, like uh, it's been it's been mentioned everywhere. I feel like I'm going over old material because I, we've never talked about this movie, but I've I've definitely listened to a lot of podcasts about it. The way that they uh, develop all of the um, scenes out of dots to resemble yes. old school comics. Yes, man, it's cool. Ah, oh, the art style in this movie was so unbelievably amazing. Like, you know the. You know, the the choice to make Wilson Fisk this huge, hulking, like, block of a person uh, went really well, along with making Miles just this shrimpy, scrawny little kid. Yeah. And, you know, Green Goblin shows up as, like, a huge, hulking, awful thing. And, you know, that's, that's based in the universe, whatever. That's, that's based in, yeah. in one of the many different multiverse options. You know, you can kind of go anywhere with it. But just the, the choices that they made as far as art direction, like, they really sold just how big and scary these villains are. Yes. Yeah, they really did. Well, that's the cool thing is like, I, I, Peter B. Parker, at one scene, when they charge into Aunt May's house, he says, oh, I, I'm guessing you're the scorpion. Uh, it's like yeah. he knows in all universe there's the scorpion, and this is this version. And it's like he's, he's, he's already an older Spider-Man who's probably traveled the multiverse a little bit and realizes that there's going to be a scorpion. He's just maybe different. And in this in Miles' universe, there's just all these hulking beasts that he's fighting. Uh, not yep. only Kingpin, but the Green Goblin is insanely huge and actually like a Green Goblin. He's not a guy in a suit. Um, and the same thing for Scorpion is like this big guy with like mechanical legs. And uh, it, I loved all the character redesigns. I really, really loved all the character redesigns. Yep. I love his, uh, his question of like, your friends wouldn't call you, wouldn't happen to call you Doc Ock, would they? Yeah. She said, no, <laughs> my friend, or it was it my friends call me. I don't remember. It was, uh, it was her first name. It was her first Livy. name. Livy. L- was I think, it? I think so. And she said, my enemies call me Doc Ock and, you know, pulled out the arms and everything. And like, and the, the difference in, uh, in her, you know, her octopus limbs, her extra limbs or whatever, uh, the, the different 
design in that uh, in that suit with it being you know kind of rubbery and you know almost pneumatics involved like that was a really cool choice in my opinion yeah because that you know that that made her more slippery and more you know easy to work out of situations that that spider-man would probably be able to put her into like you know getting her tied up on herself yeah loved that uh one of the scariest moments in the movie with me for me uh and yes i mean scary like i was scared uh <laughs> i watched it this week and i was probably scareder at this moment than i was at any point in it uh okay is when doc ock knocks the cookies out of aunt may's hands <gasps> Like I know it was it was really small, but it made me feel this movie. I felt f- fear for what would go, what the characters would go through because I knew it was Miles's origin story, and I knew that loss is part of the story for all these characters. And I, I wasn't sure where it was going to go. And when Aunt May, like it's absolutely possible, Aunt May could have sacrificed herself to help the Spider-Men and like when, and her, 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 her Peter's already gone. Like I could absolutely see you seeing where that happens. And so when they invade her home and Doc Ock's arm comes in and knocks cookies out of her hand, I was like, the stakes feel real here. Yeah. Like she feels real. The Spider-Men feel like real. And I, and I am very worried for Aunt May. Like I was legit worried for Aunt May. It's just, just such a well done yeah. movie, man. Not to mention all the father son shit. Yeah. Oh my God. When it's like you have to say it too. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the first thing in the trailer that I remember. That's one of the first lines in the trailer, and it made me laugh. And I was like, Oh, that's going to be good. And then they yep. had some really cool fight sequences in the trailer as well. Uh, but man, uh, the father son stuff. When when the father goes to the door and talks about how sometimes you lose touch with people and you don't oh. want that to happen to us. Oh. He's like, you know, he he just lost his brother, and he's like, I don't want to lose mm. you. Like, I don't want to grow apart from you. I know I'm a cop, and I know there's, like, complication there, but I don't want to lose you. And that, and that's, he's just a good dad. <laughs> like, I just loved it. Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, one of the, uh, going back to the character design and, and kind of the, you know, the the terror that you feel, um the 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 character of the prowler uh you know uncle aaron mm-hmm. was actually like that character design and the costume design really showed the the you know the difference in you know what when you have the mask on versus off cuz like if you remember him at the beginning of the movie before we knew he was the prowler he didn't really look like that imposing a character he just looked like cool uncle aaron right mm-hmm. but then when he puts on the the all of the gear and everything, like the gloves are huge, the boots are huge, the bike is 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 really big, the cape is huge, the collar is massive. Like he just becomes this not hulking like uh, like the point of what Wilson Fisk is, but he's so much bigger than he was before, and he becomes this huge imposing figure, and you know, and the speed that he can move at and the, the way that he can move and the fluidity with which he is able to do what he's able to do and the strength that it, like all of it is just really scary. But then when that, you know, when the mask comes off, when he's dying, he goes back to being just, he, he looks like this, you know, sweet old, you know, cool uncle Aaron in this in this big costume that doesn't really fit him, you know, like almost like uh, trying to walk in somebody else's shoes, 
And he's just laying there in this pile of cloth like he didn't want to do this. He didn't want this to happen. And then him being voiced by Mahershala Ali is, oh, my God. My, that man, every Oscar, mm-hmm. every single one of them. Yeah, for sure. And, and the Aaron sto- Uncle Aaron storyline, the, the reveal of him as the Prowler, like, was legit frightening and... It like made me really feel for poor Miles, like this guy that he looks up to, and he looks up to for kind of the wrong reasons, and yeah. you know he he thinks his dad's kind of square. He wants to be this guy going around tagging, um, at tagging with stickers, which I thought was cute. Um, but then I love that he spray paints his own suit. That was super fun. Ugh. But the reveal yeah. of the Prowler was was insane and then of course the the reverse reveal when the prowler finds out that he's miles and then dies almost immediately after it it was it was heartbreaking when he's staying there trying to he's he's having to make the choice whether to die or kill his nephew because of the choices he's made up till that point he has to now choose to die or kill his own nephew who he loves and he chose to die instead yeah and that is so tragic. Like, oh, they couldn't reconcile, please. Yeah. Uh, well, <sighs> if they could have. The, there's so many wonderful moments in this movie where they just build to a, to a tension release or a victory or a failure so perfectly or, or a joke. And they have this just sort of tension that rises and then is just released. And like one of my favorite ones is where, and, and one of those is right then when Aaron is shot. Like Aaron is holding, holding uh, Miles over the thing, and he's about to kill him, and then he, he lets him go, and you're like, "Oh, the tension is released," and then you hear a gunshot, and you Bow. see him fall, and it's just tragedy. It's like they 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 know the director of this movie did an amazing job of building tension and then releasing it perfectly. Uh, one of my favorite moments is is uh, Miles's first swing. Um, because they're in the woods and he's trying and he keeps failing and oh, he's yeah. fighting uh, Doc Ock and and the other Spider-Men are all around him and he doesn't he's like I taught you to do this he's like you didn't teach me to do this um, and then he like he falls <laughs> and there's just it, it, the victory of him attaching his first uh, web and swinging and barely missing the ground is as as big a victory to me as almost any movie has. Like yeah. the way they build the tension into that moment is amazing, just completely well, amazing. I, I yeah, really him loved it. him not being able to or not you know really understanding how how web swinging works at all up until that point, uh, especially th- him not even being able to to properly like unstick from a wall or ceiling without <laughs> without singing to himself to relax. It's yes. Like, all of that helps to build up to that. All of that is that, you know, it's little bricks, little bricks, just, just building this, this big monument of like, here it comes, here it comes. Boom. Spider-Man, he's swinging. Yeah. And he's still at that point, he's still kind of jerky and, and hasn't, you know, hasn't found that fluidity yet, but he's getting there. You know, it's just, ah, this movie is so freaking good. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, the, (laughs) The the play because I'm I'm looking at IMDb and I just keep going back to Nicolas Cage there for uh, you know Spider Man Noir and I'm like the play on him being 
him being black and white and seeing black and white and and having the Rubik's cube in front. Oh of him. yeah. Oh, it's great. And that's his, that's his, that's his arc. Weirdly, like his arc is the color thing. He's like trying to learn about this world, and he like as he leaves the world, he says, "I uh, love you all. I yep. don't understand this thing, but I will." And then he takes <laughs> off into the world holding the Rubik's cube. Oh, it's so good. And then in the last moments of the movie, he's uh he's showing off the Rubik's cube, having solved it. Yep. To his world. Oh yep. man, that's so silly. There's all there's there's no deeper meaning there either. It's just a really silly joke about him being black and white. It's so yeah, good. Yeah. Like, and I love that they were saying like, is he like is his character like is this costume black and white or is he actually in black and white? He's from a black and white universe, and that's yeah. what's so great. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Everywhere I go, the wind follows me. And it smells like rain. <laughs> and what was really cool, well, one of the, the tiny things that I noticed is when, uh, when Spider-Ham uh, was on his shoulders, was on Spider-Man Noir's shoulders, the wind also blew Spider-Ham. It wasn't just Spider-Man Noir. Like, his ears were flopping in the wind. Dude, the amount of... I could watch this movie f- so many times. I, it's very rare for me to want to rewatch something. I, there's just so much that exists today that I... It's been, like, probably ten years since there was a movie that I would just put on and keep it playing in the background. But now that this is on Netflix, I'm going to have this on all the time. It's just, yeah. there's so many little moments that are so good. The action sequences, not just the action sequence, every sequence in the movie is, is done at such a breakneck pace um, <laughs> that it's just doom, 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 joke, 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 funny, funny thing, funny line, uh, quick thing. Oh, suddenly I have the feels. Like, it's just bagel, bagel. The bagel, the the bagel moment is wonderful. I, I had to pause it a couple of times because there were there were other uh, other things uh, like, like in the last in the very last reel, and it's only on the screen for like three frames. It's so short. Um, when he finally meets his roommate, who is Ned, I guess, um, or like in the comics, right? That's basically Ned. Uh, or it's not Ned. It's Genki. What is it? Genki. Genki. But that's who Ned is based on in the in the movies, right? Yes. Character design, that's what I meant. Um, but yeah, Genki in this, uh, he, he, uh, he, he doesn't meet him through the whole movie, which I thought was really funny because they're, you know, best friends in the comics or whatever, and he knows his secret and da da da. Anyway, at the end he says, and I finally met my roommate, which I thought was sort of a meta joke about the fact that he's, he, he, like, I'm sure there's some comic book readers going, where's Genki, you know? Um, yeah. but there's not room in this movie for Genki. Uh, so he drops down from the ceiling and then they fist bump and there's a little balloon, a bubble that comes up for a second that just says best buds. <laughs> <laughs> just so, so, so good. It. So good. Um, a couple other big things. Let's see. I, the final set piece with the universes falling in on each other. With, this is the only medium you could have told the story in animation. Oh yeah. Uh, oh my god. Animate. They 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 utilized animation to the extreme. Uh, yeah, like this was this was Doctor Strange levels of crazy going on. Yeah, like more so than when Doctor Strange was going through you know all of the multiverse. Yeah, but I would, it was I like would agree. actually happening instead of just in his head. Yeah, 
I would totally agree. I think that this is this is like the Doctor Strange thing, but they took it even further and used the anime. And not, not to mention, all the while they're dealing with multiple forms of animation happening in multiple styles with the different characters. I just freaking loved it, man. Yep. Uh, one of the yep. biggest... Uh, I mentioned loving the arc of Peter B. Parker, uh, but I loved the line. I loved when Miles says, you got to go home, man. And he said, oh, and then he, his response is, how do I know I'm not going to mess it up again? And that just, that line meant a lot to me. Just like him being like, it's, it's him revealing the reason he's been so ready to sacrifice this whole movie is he's not ready to, he'd, he'd rather face Kingpin and the super collider than face his own life and trying to yep. put his, put his, put his family back together. Well, I mean, he knows how, he knows what to do in that situation. You know, you fight the bad guy, yep. you, you foil the bad guy's plan and you win, you save the world. That's right. that, like that's, that's what he understands. That's such an adult lesson for this movie. You know, it, it, it's so, it's so good. It's so good. That's not a lesson that you normally teach kids. You normally teach kids that here's the bad, here's the good, you have them fight. You're teaching a kid about like what it's like. You're teaching us as, as the viewer, not kids, cause I don't think this movie's made just for kids. Uh, but you're teaching us as the viewer like what it's about to find your purpose and like, uh, to face the harder things that other people might find easy, you know? I just love yeah. it. I would watch 16 more of these. <laughs> oh, just, you mean, uh, uh, Spider-Verse movies, sequels. movies, sequels. Ma- <laughs> yeah. Like I, I can't think of a time when I've been this excited about an animated series or like an animated movie series. And I am just pumped to see what they do with the next one. Yep. Yep. Um, I was just kind of clicking around to see what other, uh, what some of the actors have been in other than this. Um, and Jeff, the, the voice actor for Jefferson Davis, Brian Tyree Henry, is actually going to be in the upcoming Eternals movie. Oh, neat. Yeah, he's going to be Fastos. Cool. Cool, cool, Which, cool. you know, is obviously Beast uh, in the upcoming X-Men movie yeah. that is masquerading as an Eternal. For movie. sure. You know, uh, that, and that's, uh, yeah, it, that's why we're doing this episode. That's our, that's our MCU connection. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I love that Peter B. Parker and Miles are both wise in their own ways. That, that moment we just talked about where, where he taught, uh, Miles teaches Peter a lesson, you know? Um, yeah, you gotta go home. He says, you gotta go home. And then Peter says, what if I, what if I mess it up again? And then Miles says, you won't. And then Peter says, right. It's a leap of faith. And that, yep. that's beautiful. Uh, but going back to when he tells that to Miles the first time about it being a leap of faith, uh, when he leaves him tied up and it seems like it's the, it's the dark moment of the soul. It's right after he, it's when his father comes and talks to him and he's tied up. Peter leaves him there. And as he's putting, um, putting on the mask, uh, he, he tells, he, he smiles, he smirks and there's like a really sadness in his face as he leaves the window. Like, I'm sorry, you're just not ready. Uh, it, it's a leap of faith. You'll, you'll know when you're ready or whatever. And then he turns yeah. around and he smirks before he puts on the mask. And it just, he, he knew, he knew that miles was going to get his shit together and learn and go do it. You know? 
Yep. Uh, loved yep. it. Because he had such faith in him. He had faith in him, and it's also like just his his wisdom as that character. I just love that their, they're friends, and they both teach each other things. I don't know. I just love it, man. I love it so much. Yeah. I love that Aunt May had such you know a deep faith in Miles, because when Miles comes back to the, uh, what I'm going to call the spider layer, um, yeah. <laughs> she's just like, took you long enough. Yeah. Ah, God, this movie is so freaking good, Matt. It's so good. It's so good. It, <laughs> like, uh, I can't, I, I can't say it's better than the MCU movies, but like, cause I love them so, so very much, but like, man, it's, it's up there. Like, if, right? if we had to mix this into our, uh, rankings episode, like, it would be pretty damn high. Yo, absolutely. Yes. Yes. This is, uh, I would put this higher than at least Iron Man 3. <laughs> I bet you would. I bet you effing would. Uh, okay. Well, that's about all I have to say about the sort of serious points of this movie. I just want to say some of my favorite jokes. Is that okay? Sure. Yeah. We love jokes. I love, uh, when they'll, I don't know who the guy is, Frankenstein or whatever. And the Prowler are, are gathered around and, and Miles reveals himself for the first time. And Kingpin just says, kill that guy. <laughs> He just like it's so understated and just kill that guy. <laughs> just love it. I love it so much. When you say Frankenstein, do you mean Tombstone? That's exactly what I mean. I said I don't okay. know his name. <laughs> I just called him Frankenstein because you knew who I meant. I thought I did, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. Um. I. I. I really liked Gwen's hair. I like the like how they yeah. how it got messed You're up. You're not allowed to like my hair. You're not allowed to like my hair. I loved that, and I loved how they turned it into just really cool character design. Like that's yeah. a very modern haircut to have half your head shaved. You yes. know, yes, yes. And it's just funny that uh, they they did they they had it happen because of that. I loved that, and it it fit her character too. Like with her her whole personality, her whole you know the air that she gave off. Like all of that just fit. Like that hairstyle fit. So yeah, I I like her hair. Me too. I do too, and Man. I think I'm allowed to. Yeah, yeah, we're allowed to because we didn't make it happen. <laughs> Man, when uh, when Stan Lee showed up like in the movie, and his first line was, "I'm sure gonna miss him." Yeah, Man, I started bawling. I know, right? Like that's such <laughs> a that's such a, that's so prescient. Given that the, the, I'm sure he recorded that before he passed, and and you know yep. it's after he passed, and, and it's just man, it's rough. I was doing funny things, problems. Jeff. I was doing funny things. I'm sorry. I just I was I scrolled down and saw that Stan was in there, and I was like, oh yeah, he was. Oh yeah, yeah. That was a really sweet moment. I'm okay. A really sweet moment. Yes, it was. Ah, loved it. And I love that, like, in this sort of context, it was okay for Stanley to be a little more over the top and be, like, actually be a part of the plot, you know? And, 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 and like, sort of be, like, when he says, uh, it always fits eventually, or whatever he says. Yes. It's just like, ah. Uh, it's just like Stanley giving Spider-Man, like, yep. tips on being Spider-Man, like, giving him encouragement. That was super rad. Without even, without even knowing, without even meaning to, just you know, he gave him that little push yep. by not giving him a refund. 
All right. So my last three jokes that I wanted to throw out, just because they'll love okay. them so much, are uh, Aaron asking uh, – uh, Uncle Aaron asks him, what's her name? And he says, we're laying groundwork down right now. <laughs> we're laying down <laughs> groundwork right now. <laughs> Yeah, and that whole thing with the the shoulder touch—it's like you got to touch your shoulder, man. Hey. Oh yeah, and then they're using it in the final battle. Using it, he says, "You know about the shoulder touch, Kingpin?" <laughs> and he touches the shoulder. <laughs> hey, when just blasts him. Wow! Oh, yep. it's so good. It's so good. Um, I really and the last two are Peter B. Parker Parker moments because. I don't know. Again, I, he's the character I connect with because I'm just an old schlubby dude. Um, but <laughs> I love when when uh, when Miles shows up for the final battle and everyone's so excited he's there. He says, "I love you. I'm so proud of you. Do I want kids?" <laughs> <laughs> yep. So good. And then, uh, uh, and then my favorite joke in the whole movie. It was when I first saw it. And it was again. Favorite joke in the whole movie is they're doing the, he's giving the steps to how to infiltrate the facility. He says, then I'll, I'll find the head scientist. And then it shows him creeping up on like a dude in, in his vision. And then, yeah. uh, and then Miles says, Oh, the head scientist is the lady with the bike. And he's like, Oh, well, step three, I reexamine my cultural bias. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. It's such a perfect joke, and it takes the entirety of the storytelling, because they're doing a flash-forward to a version of what might happen that's in his head that he, he that they reveal to us, and then Miles throws something out, and he it's all happening in his head, but they use the visual medium combined with the flash-forward, combined with the overlay of him telling the steps while... Miles is interjecting. It's just so so good and so perfect. Like, how do you write that joke? It's just so perfect. Yeah, there's no other medium that that could have that that joke would have worked in so flawlessly. Yeah, uh, because you know if they had done like a, a flash forward in you know in like live action, it would have just been kind of janky and and weird and yeah, may, yeah maybe. But I, just, everything they do in this movie the the speed at which this movie moves obviously human beings can't move that fast and it's just so well done and timed and paced and i i like think this might be a perfect film like i can't think of a flaw with this movie Mm, yeah yeah i can't think of of one either so good (laughs) well you got anything else you want to mention from this old spider-verse um, ye old Spider Verse, ye old Spider Verse. I just I think that the um, you know the the way that they did the the kind of seamless like okay I say seamless but the characters felt like real people being acted, but then because it's animation they can add in all of the goofy comic booky stuff mm-hmm. where having like. The word bagel. Just show up when a yes. guy gets hit in the head with a bagel. Mm-hmm. Like they can do that because it's fully animated, but the people still feel like real people. And it like because because of the way that they're doing it, that you know, those little one off things where like you gotta be watching for it, 
you know, they don't really interrupt the flow of it at all. They don't really take you out of it because it's all animated. So it's all, you know, it's all good. It's all there. I just, ah, man, I really like this movie. I really want to watch it again. Me too. Me too. And I will. I'm absolutely going to watch it a lot more. (sighs) All right. Well, you guys, I think that's about all we got to say about Into the Spider-Verse for now. Um, I really hope that we get uh, more uh, from Into the Spider-Verse. Yes. Don't you? I I do. I'm so into the Spider-Verse. Nerd. Sorry. That was... That was dumb. That's okay. All right, guys. Well, we will be back very soon. We are the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, although we're taking a little detour today. Uh, but you know, it's the Spider Verse. It's pro- the Cinematic Universe is probably in there somewhere. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, check us out at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com slash mcucast, mcucast at gmail.com, or call us at 573-CAST-MCU to leave a voicemail. Uh, we uh, would love to hear from you so we can uh, cover whatever feedback you want to send in. We, we have a whole lot of feedback to talk about, actually, so we'll, we'll be doing a lot of those in the f- near future. Um, so, uh, uh, but if you want to find out more from me personally, uh, I have two other podcasts you can check out right now, uh, the Star Trek Universe podcast and the Orville Universe podcast. You can also find my music anywhere you get music under Matthew Carroll. That's my name. It's like rock music. Check it out. I think you'll like it. Peace. Until next time, true believers.